First of all, I am very happy to be, uh, of course, with her children and in a place which is connected to Shri Bindu in more ways than one. So, some of us may be aware, I think um, the chief guest did mention that Shri Bindu was felicitated by the Andhra University by Dr. C.R. Reddy on 11th December, so we are very close to that date, and 20th December he had gone to Shurabindu Ashram where he had actually met the master and handed over the medal. Uh, also Shurabindu mentions about the Singhachalam temple here in Foundations of Indian Culture. So this place has a connection with Shurabindu which is so special. I have been asked to speak on the yoga of world transformation in Savitri in two sessions. First session now and the second session in the afternoon. <coughs> transformation is a big word and world transformation is an even bigger word. Astounding task. Though nowadays we use this word very casually. So there are people who go to a psychiatrist and come back and say, Oh, I felt my life transformed. That's not what Sri means when he uses the word transformation. It is a change in the very basis, at the very roots, core of our existence. I often visualize transformation as recreating the mother symbol inside us. Outside it is easy to create. It's available. We pay some money and we can buy it. But to create inside means, in place of the ego, it is the Divine Mother who is at the center. The very first part is so difficult. In all our parts, the mind, the heart, life, body, to be moved by all the four great powers. And in our outer nature, to embody all the 12 qualities which keep changing, it's not just 12. Mother says they are many and they keep changing as we grow in consciousness. So uh, that is transformation and not just some change, a feel-good factor. It's not about that, feeling some peace, feeling good, having some experience here and there. But something that shatters us inside and recreates us. It is literally being reborn to a new life. Such a daunting task and yet it is the goal of the yoga. But Sri says, though the goal is the most difficult that one can ever envisage, even freedom from ignorance is a big step. Even one small step that today I will speak only what is necessary to speak is a big step. And to speak about individual and collective transformation is seemingly impossible. And yet the divine loves to do the seemingly impossible. After all, there should be some garima of the divine. He won't take up these small little things. <laughs> and as her children, we should also enjoy taking up the seemingly impossible. Because as he says in Savitri, the impossible is God's sign of things to be. What seems impossible is indication. Why? 
because when we think of something and then think it is impossible means somewhere we want it then only we talk about impossible otherwise we will not even want it the fact that we want it is a sign that one day it shall be so such a difficult task but the process is very simple the easiest of all yogas this is shurbindo in synthesis not simply i am paraphrasing him <coughs> the process first word surrender oh as simple not as simple also because we have surrendered ourselves to the ego to everything tied to the ego to the empire of the ego so we have to extract everything and give it to her there has to be an individualization if we have nothing to surrender so surrender implies that we have created an individuality which we now surrender to the divine mother so first step is surrender middle is surrender end is surrender to give oneself in the hands of the divine mother so it's a wonderfully easy process towards the most difficult goal of yoga how does it start so now that this goal is before us shall we go about with a little jhanda and pamphlets form a party and say we are going for world transformation who will join us it doesn't last long yoga is not sentimental idealism or political activism all great journeys start with one small step we can also say all forward journeys start with one step backward or inward see before a tiger leaps he quietly gathers his energies takes a step back he is gathering energy for rushing all great journeys start like that and that first small step is a conceptual step a call to start with even before we conceive a call mother says in one of her conversations when she is asked mother please tell us something about yoga she asks a counter question why do you want yoga to get power to be a swami ji to be regarded as a guru to help humanity none of these motives indicate that one is ready for the path so call for this yoga means to live for the sake of divine and from there the transformation comes because the divine wants this earth to become like him because it is emerges out of him so world transformation is not a personal demand because personal means we have an idea our idea of world transformation things should be like that onion price should come down then there is world transformation if people are smiling at each other if the government systems are perfect this transformation none of this is transformation <clears throat> so world transformation is not a personal thing it's a work of the divine going on in this creation if we may say so the only work that is going on since creation has started when the buddha said everything is ever changing even we have the great vakya in the gita anityam asukham lokam it is ever changing unhappy world 
This is one part of the truth. The other truth is, it is changing in a certain direction with a certain purpose. It is changing, it is true. But it is changing in a certain direction and with a certain purpose. And we see it right in the journey of a grain of sand to man and further. So divine has scattered this idea of transformation everywhere. You know, we see lotus seeds in mud and mire blooming into beautiful lotus. We see a bud blooming into a beautiful rose. Entangled with thorns, yet beautiful to the sight, beautiful to fragrance. We have also mystical stories, the entire lineage of avatars. The evolutionary biologists talk about change of one form to another. We ourselves experience in our own life. We start our career from one small seed, small little cell. That's how we begin our journey. Grow into a complex multicellular organism. Then a little baby, infant, who cries for everything, helpless. Then we grow, we gather knowledge, hopefully wisdom, and not just WhatsApp knowledge, WhatsApp gyan, the most dangerous gyan ever found. When we distill information, it becomes knowledge. When we distill knowledge, it becomes wisdom. Wisdom is what we must acquire. So we gather wisdom, we gather through experiences of life, good and bad, good and bad are minds evaluation. We grow into strength, we grow into sweetness, we grow into might. So if we really look at a human journey from the conception to the old age, it is a progressive transformation, though not in the ultimate sense. And then what is death? But a most radical transformation. Complete organ transplant free of cost. And we don't have to pay anybody except maybe, you know, the whole body has to go into the <laughs> graveyard or the fire. It's a complete organ transplant. New chance. Second life. See, the whole idea of rebirth is evolution. This is the beauty. Shobindra doesn't say rebirth is about punishment and reward, that old theory of karma. He says it's about evolution. We can't put before the soul such a daunting goal and then say you have only one life. It's unfair. So it's given many lifetimes to evolve. So transformation is not one day journey, not perhaps one life journey. It's a journey that is going on since dust to man. Only there is a time when we become, we become conscious and that's when yoga starts. Even otherwise it is going on. And now we have reached that point where it is going to take a leap, leap from evolutionary change in ignorance and an evolution consciously with full awareness. It is the difference between being conscious of the play and not being conscious of the play. Suddenly being in a football field not knowing what is the rule, not knowing where you have to do the goal. And suddenly you see yellow card, red card, people running. What will be our condition? We will say, oh my God, this is terrible. But if we know it's a game going on. And in this game there are certain rules. Then what happens? We want to play. Then we are told, get training first, then come for the play. So all our life experiences are a training to enjoy this game. And then we play consciously. And the best part of the divine 
goal is please there are no two goals there is only one goal all of us have to move towards that goal and that's where the challenge comes where we are used to two goals if you have chosen this goal i must choose another we are all moving towards that one great goal and that's the beauty of therein lies the secret and the beauty of collective yoga so how does it begin with one small step and that step is beautifully described in savitri let me start with that savitri wants to show to man what is the path she has come down to change this world there is a background to her coming ashpati is seized with this new aspiration a will a hope immense now seized his heart this is the new aspiration that shorabindo has gifted to the world before shorabindo man had two choices either live in the world ignorantly foolishly thinking ourselves to be wise that's a different matter or to call it quits though it's also not easy but to say okay tata bye bye it's very difficult place there was no other aspiration mumukshatto was regarded as the highest possibility if we had a desire for liberation regarded as someone my god this child is luminary he is desiring liberation mumukshatto it comes much later now that aspiration there is a third aspiration which is possible or rather it is step by step the first is to live in the world ignorantly and indulgently the second is to be freed from this world to be in this world and yet not to be in this world like the dew drop on a lotus leaf and the third is to become a part and parcel collaborator an instrument a channel of the mighty mother's will to bring the change this is the third aspiration so now we have a choice another option we need not call it quit i am not going into the philosophical side that the idea of liberation uh, as we understood of uh, going away from the world was such a foolish thing and it left a big gap in understanding but that is another aspect it's a philosophical aspects you have been talks of all these things in savitri but let's touch the most practical side so when shorabindo is seized with this will he is a great yogi he has realized everything that can be realized one often wonders why shorabindo came away after realizing vasudevam sarvam iti to pondicherry now he should have just started publishing books gone all over the world like great swami ji's and created an empire he doesn't do that but somebody would have asked him why have you done this why are you going further deeper he would have replied to us well this is not the ultimate there is something more to come and i am doing tapasya for that <clears throat> and in the course of his tapasya he realizes that if this earthly life has to change it is only the ultimate power the supreme power out of which creation has emerged that alone can change it stands to logic so he goes invokes her and the divine mother says okay i will come to earth and do the tapasya for earth and man and change this earthly life into life divine 
it is also very logical that if body does not change if mind and life do not change especially if body does not change there is no way that there can be divine life established upon earth because the moment we take on a human body it means we take all the sanskaras body carries imprints see when people drive after some time they habitually drive they don't think and drive initially you have to practice because it goes in the body recently there was a very interesting little short film where a man on you know one day is in a hurry to go to the office and he is going and he goes and then his wife is sitting and reading a newspaper and suddenly she realizes something and starts calling him frantically after long time she connects with him and he says you know i want to tell you something he says what she says you know you have retired yesterday out of habit he is going it's a very profound statement not just a thing about habits there comes a time when we are asked to do another kind of work that's something we learn from shirvindo's life how he completely changes the field but we out of habit the feeling of being indispensable sometimes we continue past momentum so if we take a human body even the most realized person he has to go through the difficulties the defects the limitations of the human body the limitations are disease incapacity and eventually death so we cannot have the free play of the divine in matter that's what divine life in substance means free play of the divine consciousness its peace harmony light beauty ananda freely right now the body cannot little bit ananda and it cannot bear even reading shurabindu one or two paragraphs and oh i am feeling very sleepy no fault of shurabindu no fault of ours fault of this material consciousness cannot absorb after a point it brain begins to brain goes into a tizzy that's why i often say as a psychiatrist if you have a problem of sleep don't take pills read life divine people have found another way i keep hearing that ah we listen to your youtube talk and go off to sleep said okay at least one good work is being done even if it helps in sleeping it's good that's because our brain cannot assimilate the kind of power that shurabindu brings to earth and that light and life that's why yogis used to go into trance they could not experience it in the waking consciousness they had to withdraw from earth from outer life go into trance to experience a little of that honey wine honey wine of the gods little joy and we get so excited we start having tears because too much joy no so somewhere it has to flow out <laughs> so tears and then we are restless to convey that good news to everybody on whatsapp i'm not talking of suffering suffering comes goes hits much deeper but this is the state because matter is not accustomed to these things poor matter but it wants to change it's not that it doesn't want to change but it says i'll go slow don't push the life divine on to me 
I am ready to change, but I'll go slow because it cannot absorb it. So it's a long process. This yoga is a long process. So those who think that by rushing into an activist mode and declaring to everybody it doesn't work like that. So what is the process? Mother comes and she shows us the way. She is going deep. The first step is to search for one's own soul. Then only we can become channels and instruments of the divine will. There is no other way. So she is going within and she sees step by step there is the mental world, the vital world, the physical world each offering its own challenge, difficulty, possibility. It's very interesting that when she goes into the height of mental world uh, she is told, stay here, you are an elite amongst us. You know how people subscribe to a formal, organized thought and get stuck in a belief system. So it says, stay here. And she says, no, no, I go further, I am in search of my soul. And then she sees, as she goes deeper, she sees luminous beings emerging from her own depths. And they are hurrying to go outside. When Savitri sees them, she feels an urge. Ah, I must also rush out to do some good. People often ask, why is Shurabindo society, ashram, organizations not involved in free food, free lodging, dharamshala, and what is, what else is done free? Free blankets, all kinds of free. We are so used to free. Except the true inner freedom, we want everything free. So we also want inner freedom to come free. Some politician will declare, today I am giving you inner liberation. We are so used to freedom, getting free. So she sees them rushing and then she says something very beautiful. Page 501. Page 501. And Savitri mingling in that glorious crowd, yearning to the spiritual light they bore, Longed ones to hasten like them to save God's world. But she reined back the high passion in her heart. Want to save God's world. Like somebody wanted to save the caterpillar and cut the sheath and there was no butterfly. So it's, you know, that pain, struggle that nature gives us is part of a growing up process. It's no punishment. It is no karma which we are being punished. It is part of the growing up process. The Pandavas had to go through it. Shri Rama, Shri Krishna had to go through it. Shri Aurobindo and the mother had to go through it. So if pain and suffering are coming, we should know we are in good company. <laughs> she knew that first she must discover her soul. This is the first point which can directly connect us with the source and this creation here. Mother says very interestingly, what is the soul? She says, the body is like the lamp and the divine is like the generator, the source of all energy. The soul is the wire that connects the generator to the lamp. Mind cannot. There is no way. We can philosophize till the end of the world. We can debate, analyze, write hundred books. It can't. It cannot pierce. There is a magic circuit. 
the moment it tries to do it it experiences wide in personality that's how it declares that akshara brahma parma it cannot go beyond it that is limit so we have to discover the soul and then something very beautiful only they only who save themselves can others save we are taught this in the flight it sounds very cruel in case of cabin pressure going down suddenly the oxygen mask will fall and then what is spoken is very cruel heart rending to an indian first you put a mask over yourself then give it to another and they show a child i am sure no mother will do it first put but this is a truth if you can't save yourself you can't save another person who is drowning you will drown with the person which is okay it's one way of life only who save themselves can others save in contrary sense she faced life's riddling truth they carrying the light they carrying the light to suffering men hurried with eager feet to the outer world her eyes were turned towards the eternal source in all conditions whatever work we may be doing our eyes must be turned towards the eternal source that alone is real this is the first fundamental actually every yoga except that here we are turning to the eternal source to become every human being to become a bridge for that source to flow through us into this world unlike the previous yoga where we turn to the eternal to merge into the eternal this is the difference we don't want mukti where we don't come back again and again into the world we want to come back how can we try to run away from that which god has accepted he has accepted creation he dwells in creation he is working in creation why should we run away so this is what she learns and then there is a very beautiful description of savitri's state if we want to search seek our soul what should be our inner state often okay fine we want to find my soul how should i sit and meditate it comes much later meditation will happen meditation is not something to be taught except that when you teach meditation it has its own little advantage meditation will happen when it will happen when we are in that state of consciousness where nothing else matters except this search a stage must come in our life you know now the story of shri ramakrishna somebody wanted from him the mantra and i want to find god how to find how to find and shri ramakrishna would not reply one day this disciple pestered him please today you have to tell me he said you want to know come he dragged him you know when kali's force came coming to he dragged him took him to the ganges ghat he doesn't know what he is going to tell me in the middle of ganges he will teach me a wonderful process thankfully that time there were no modern gurus who will take money to teach so he doesn't have to worry that much he knew about sri ramakrishna that he is genuine he will not charge money for teaching me something <laughs> so he drags him into ganges and he is waiting what is he going to tell he says take a dip okay 
Maybe I have to purify myself in the Ganges before he will give me this sacred jnana. So he takes a dip and Sri Ramakrishna holds his head below by his hand. Now he is, ah, how do I come out? Then finally he comes out. He releases him, he comes out. He says, sir, why are you doing this? I would have died. He said, so what? You are afraid of dying? What did you ask that time when you were down below? Sir, just a gasp of air. When with that intensity you see God, you will find Him. How does the intensity build up? It is something that builds up. It's satsang, reading, contemplating, growing in sincerity, all these are things, ways and means to build up that intensity. And so, we have these marvelous lines on page 486. That what is needed for the new world? Or a new world discover or create? Earth must transform herself and equal heaven. See this idea of heaven that we all have, experience of heaven also, is not so that we run away to heaven. It is because we create heaven here. See, otherwise, if we run away to heaven, we'll make heaven into same. <laughs> so, oh, that place is so wonderful. It's the same thing in everyday life. Let's go to America. It did good because when Indians went to America, they brought some touch of the soul to America. But now, let us go to America to come back to India. To make India not only like, but much greater, much more beautiful. That is what is the goal. Earth must transform herself or equal heaven. Or heaven descend into earth's mortal state. But for such vast spiritual change to be out of the mystic heaven in man's heart, the heavenly psyche must put off her veil and step into common nature's crowded rooms and stand uncovered in that nature's front. So it is hidden here. Why doesn't it come out? Why should we need to call? Is it so fussy, touchy? No. See, when we invoke the divine presence in a house, we have to be very careful. You have to make it, we are calling the divine presence, it must be beautiful. So first we create outer beauty, then my thoughts, my feelings, it must grow, a little bit it must grow, rest it will do, but we must prepare the ground. Once there was a seminar going on in comparisons, Buddha, Shurabindo and this and that and you know, comparisons means confusion. Shurabindo is Sri Aurobindo, he is standalone. <laughs> we don't need to come. So it, it means confusion, we don't know what really we are speaking about. So uh, all kinds of intellectual discussion. So when my turn came, I asked them that, you know, I have a big question. So I said, what is the question? I said, see, I wonder, we are having such discussion going on last three, four hours. If actually a Buddha or Shurabindo came here and sat on the dais, 
speak after that? It's a silence, isn't it? If Buddha or Shurabindu, if Shurabindu comes and sits, I was just imagining Shurabindu was invited to Andhra University to speak. And I was actually imagining, really I was imagining, that supposing Shurabindu came for the convocation and stood on the dais, what would happen at that point of time? That's what we have to understand. He's, that's what is meant by the presence of the divine in our life. So it must come out and it, second, it is like a baby sleeping. We have not given it the, fed it with the true milk. We have given it formula milk. Formula milk may be good for the body, but for the emotions, it is the mother's milk. All psychiatrists know it. Formula milk is okay. It will give everything necessary to the body. So we have fed ourselves on formula milk. Even the soul we try to feed on formula milk. What is formula milk? All kinds of philosophies. I don't want to mention X and Y and Z. What is the mother's milk? Read any authentic yogi. You will see the difference. There is a big difference between a philosopher and a yogi. When a yogi speaks, writes, it's from the depths of the heart. It's like a well of sweetness emerging. It's radiant stream. It's not intellectualized stuff. It is written here, it is written there, therefore it is this, therefore it is this. It's not, it's not an academic discussion. That is formula milk. But authentic mother's milk, that feeds the soul. That was what used to happen in Indian uh, culture at some point of time. Now slowly uh, something else has to emerge, so we are going through a passage. And rule its thoughts and fill the body and life. Soul is not just, uh, doesn't say do this, do that. It fills, look at the beauty of the, it fills, it's a substance. It's an energy, it's also a substance, it's an energy of course. It's a light, it's a peace and it flows and fills and this is an experience which I am sure everybody had sitting at the samadhi near the ashram or when one is in contact with this, it fills, suddenly even the body feels something different, body is a jar, it must fill. But look at the inner state we must be in, obedient to a high command, she sat Time, life and death were passing incidents. This is the path. Time, life and death were passing incidents. You know, Durai Swami here, the famous advocate, he would come every weekend to be with Sri Saturday, Sunday he is with Sri Part of the evening talks, what a privilege. And one day he gets a telegram. Sir, you are urgently required. Saturday he gets a telegram. Sir, urgently required. Like nowadays sometimes you say, Supreme Court sits at 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock midnight. One doesn't understand what is the urgency. It's like there is a war going on and you must sit. But look at Durai Swami Iyer's answer. He says, Durai Swami is dead. He will be alive only on Monday again. I am sitting by the side of my master. I can't be shaken. You know, 
remember the story of Yagyavalk. This is the state. Ashtavakri used to regard Yagyavalk as his favorite disciple. So some of the disciples who were staying in the monastery were feeling very bad about it. They said, see, we are living in loincloth. This fellow is a king. And when he comes, our guru rushes to greet him. See, our guru is also going after all this show and all this wealth and power. We are living here, last 20 years with the master. But he is not turning, he is not giving us so much importance as he gives to Yagnavar. So Ashtavakrit knows their thoughts, you know. So he says, okay, one day I must teach them. So he plans something and when everybody is sitting, suddenly a disciple comes running and says, Oh, the city is burning, the city is burning. One by one all the disciples rush out to save their loincloth. Irony of things. Oh, my loincloth will get burnt. Something in my heart will get burnt. But Jagnaval keeps sitting at the feet of his guru. He says, Mithla can burn, but my master is here and he will take care of it. That is the trust with which he sits. So, there was no real fire. So, they go and then they come back. They come to know there was no fire. But they see the only person still sitting is Yagnaval. Uh, uh, sorry, King Janak, not Yagnaval, King Janak. So King Janak is the only one who is sitting. Then they realize that, well, he was right, Astavakra is right. They feel embarrassed and understand why Astavakra gave so much importance to King Janak. This is the state, time, life and death. We draw hasty conclusions, oh, this has happened, that has happened. Where is Shurabindo's world transformation? Immediately, straight away, something happens in my life. Oh, where is God? Yes, precisely because these things should not happen. That we must participate in this yoga of transformation. Somebody said, uh, once asked, often people ask, Oh, what is the use? I was praying to Shurabindo and see what has happened. I met with a fracture. Said yes, because the material world is not yet conquered, and Shurabindo wants the conquest. Therefore, all the more we should enter this yoga with redoubled intensity. And I take the example of people who fought for Tiger Hill. Must have heard this story, and some of us may have actually seen the movie. They all knew it's a suicidal mission, near suicidal. They went. And when one of them fell, one of their companions, they didn't give up saying, Oh, what is the use of going? They said, All the more reason we must conquer it. All the more reason we must conquer it. If there is death, disease, suffering, all the more reason. If there is falsehood, all the more reason that we must practice Shurabindo's yoga, turn towards this high source. Bring out this soul. Because there is no, if not this, then what is the hope of in this world? To live as a cynic? So this is the state. And then one last passage I will read. <clears throat> so what is the path given to us? This is the state. Time, life and death are passing incidents. They obstruct our view. We should not rush into drawing conclusions, jumping to conclusions and then, you know, 
jumping to conclusions doesn't burn calories be sure it's not a good thing we may jump whole day maybe it will burn somebody else's calories but not ours so that's a you know when we take undertake yoga we, we have to live with that state that what may happen to us we don't know there is no guarantee of anything <laughs> many people want in yoga okay i am undertaking yoga please show us your side of the guarantee paper what you are going to give us a seat in parliament forever safety security guaranteed under all circumstances nothing that's the beauty of it a soldier knows when he goes to the battlefield he doesn't fight oh if this happens will you do this do that no he goes for the joy of living and laying his body for the sake of motherland that is the jajwa that is the state how does it matter if i fall and somebody survives is that other person other than me the time comes when this idea that me myself it goes away somebody has benefited earth is benefited tomorrow i'll wake again from the pyre and the grave once again i'll cry and aspire that nothing else but transformation even from the dying cells this should be the cry this is the state we must always nurture so what is the yoga what is the program for yoga with this passage we will stop savitri is given a program for the yoga so what is the program for the yoga is very interesting those who want to know what we have to do actually it's not necessary reading savitri is yoga turning to mother is doing yoga shorbindo has said all who are turned to the mother are doing my yoga but we want difficult path uh, this is very easy turning to mother no tell us what we must do man has this pride of doing something so okay what we must do now shorbindo is telling us what we must do if we want to do but if we turn to mother this will happen as a prasadam but if we want to do it this is what we must do this is what is given to savitri the command for yoga page 476 when savitri says to her own higher self command for i am here to do thy will tell me what i have to do the voice replied remember why thou camest i think this half a line is enough to carry us through life whenever we are made with uh, confronted with difficult choices whenever we are faced with dilemmas conflicts and there are a whole lot of books written on resolving conflicts i think the only thing to be remembered is what is the goal of my life and this answer will come spontaneously and if we don't know the goal of life then all methods of resolving conflicts are only makeshift arrangements we may think we have done the right thing but we may be actually doing just what we should not do because it may be contrary to the goal that i am intended to undertake so remember why thou camest always when mother speaks of the psychic education she says this great discovery must be like a bird with brooding wings all the time remember why thou camest 
find out thy soul recover thy itself it is hidden right now hidden behind the veil of attachments preferences desires fears hopes etc 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 how to go behind the veil that also shivananda is given in a very beautiful message given to dr satyendra thakur he says a veil behind the heart and a lid above the head separates us from the divine love and devotion rent the veil in the mind silence the lid thins and vanishes so the more we make the mind quiet in silence seek god's meaning in thy depths all of us have been given a label and a meaning from birth even before birth parents have decided what i should be doing and when we grow up society teachers parents everybody decides what i should be doing but what the divine wants me to do i don't know god's meaning in my depths what does he intend from me see shurabindu uttar pada speech which was being referred to it's a beautiful state where he says i don't know you tell me what i should do he was already in the freedom struggle almost you know he was like a rising star but he tells the divine you tell me what i should do and what is the command you leave it and come he is wondering how can i leave it but that is the command given what is the divine command in us open then mortal nature change to the divine open god's door enter into his trance this trance is not where we become oblivious of the outer world this trance is when we enter into his beatitude bliss peace light wisdom force while we are having open eyes and looking at this world this is god's trance cast thought from the that nimble ape of light <coughs> thought thought is a chariot actually it can take us to a point but beyond that point you have to come down from the chariot walk to the sanctum sanctorum alone sometimes i wonder when people get down from their car right in front of shurabindu ashram's door though they have a rule that you know don't park your car right in front but people park it and there are people who accept it so sometimes i wonder can't you walk even a little few steps to enter the door what is the hurry you can park a little have the joy of traveling by the feet what a wonderful destiny of the feet and the body we want to get down right there as if shurabindu is waiting for us come oh my child for you <laughs> and equally hurriedly to come back so we have this state which is described cast thought from the it is a ape it is not you know where how does thought uh, hinder thought is a help also to take us to a point when it begins to hinder when everything we want to intellectualize and put it into a 
system of thought. So people talk about a word I don't like personally is Aurobindonian philosophy. There is nothing like Aurobindonian philosophy. If it is a philosophy, it is no more yoga, it is a system of thought, another belief system. But the beauty of Shurabindo is, and the mother is, they leave us free with the infinite. What one moment we are going to be is very different from another moment. That is the beauty of this yoga. That is what is called as Satya Dharmaya Drishta. Mother says, in that divine spontaneity lies the marvel and the beauty of divine life. It is not something fixed, I'll do like this, I'll not do like this. That's a mind's construct, it's a moral doctrine. Moral doctrine is alright, but it's not a spiritual doctrine. Meera, according to moral doctrine, should not have left her husband and gone. Equally, Mother Sita, according to moral doctrine, should have stayed back with her in-laws and looked after them. Bharat, according to moral doctrine, should not have abandoned his mother. And Vibhishna, his dear brother. So, in our tradition, always spirituality is other than morality, higher, not lower, higher. Arjuna, by moral doctrine, should not have raised an arrow against his own guru and matula and dear ones. So, the moment we reduce it to a fixed system, mother wants this, mother does not want quoting to satisfy our rigid ideas, we are moving far away from Shurabindo. In his tremendous hush stilling thy brain, his vast truth wake within and know and see. Vast truth. To turn truth into a dogma is the greatest disservice that has been done to truth. And then people say, how to silence the mind? I have been practicing silencing the mind. See, one moment just to think, actually Shurabindo came and sat here. What will happen? For a few moments, we will be stunned into silence. Just to imagine, actually sitting with his golden bronze body and his flowing golden hairs, bare-chested with just a dhoti over his half-chest and sitting and looking at us. Who will dare to think? Forget speech. We will be overwhelmed. So that is the way. The Divine Presence quietens the mind, creates the hush. Cast from the sense that veils thy spirit's sight. Senses are all the time. Sri Aurobindo described the senses in Savitri as a postman who is knocking all the time. As a doc, young medical doctor, I had this experience of a patient coming midnight and I have seen written prescription. Very happy that I have done a good deed, waking up at midnight. <laughs> so, while I am patting myself, suddenly I hear a knock the patient. Yes. Sir, you have given the medicine. I want to show you. Are these the medicine? Okay. Yes, these are the medicines. Pharmacy has given you. They know. Now I am preparing to sleep. Another knock. Sir, how am I to take it? Before food or after food? Are they haven't told you. Sir, they told me but I want to confirm. Okay. Now, again knocks. Sir, I take it with water or with milk. Are you take with water, it's okay. <laughs> By now, all the pat on the back is gone. 
I am controlling my agitation. Let me sleep. Comes again. Final knock. Sir, warm water or normal water? Please ask the man at the door, he gate, he will tell you everything. And I could sense the irritation coming in my voice. I was not into yoga that time. Now I will be careful, but I know I should not be irritated as a doctor. But you know, it is beginning to come in my voice. Midnight, you are asking me warm water, normal water, you can ask it. How does it matter? <laughs> so, so you see, senses are like that, constantly knocking at our doors. So Shurabindu is saying, cast sense from thee, that veils thy spirit's sight. Through sense, thoughts are generated. Through sense, feelings are generated. Through sense, impulses are generated. So we have to quieten the sense. In the enormous emptiness of thy mind, thou shalt see the eternal's body in the world. Wow! What is this earth and this universe but the body of Lord? The original body of the Lord is this universe. That is how it is described in the Upanishad and Shurabindu confirms it. It is the body of the Lord. That's why you see every night when we gaze at the stars, what a beautiful... The poet is described, you have woven a necklace for yourself. Nature has woven a necklace. What is the necklace? The Saptarishis, the constellation of stars are like a necklace woven around the body of the Lord. Unseen, beloved. So this is the body of the Lord. We don't see this world like this. But Shurabindu had seen it. Why? Because in a silent mind he could see everything in Vasudeva. So this is how we have to quieten and then we see. Know him in every voice heard by thy soul. In the world's contacts meet his single touch. All things shall fold thee into his embrace. Then collective yoga begins, not before that. Collective yoga is a widening of the same soul discovery. To discover the same soul in everyone, to discover the same divine presence in everyone. Then we form a true relationship which goes beyond anything that our earthly, physical, uh, common interest, desire-based, family-based relationship can give. Often this we experience in these gatherings. Isn't it? There is no formality. And yet we feel such a deep connection. I mean, I feel like this. I feel this is my true family. And wherever I go, I feel like this. Ah, this is my true family. There is no formality that you have to come, what will you take, what will you have, nothing. But still, there is this aha feeling because it's a true family. So like that, when we grow into vastness where the whole world, the objects, everything, this is a training ground to reach that state where everything becomes one family. Then the collective yoga begins. So everything that we work within ourselves begins to get translated into the world. World transformation is to win our little victories and those victories will get translated into this world because the world is really, really wired. It's not science telling us. Science is only realizing what was always an inner truth. Conquer thy heart's throbs. Let thy heart beat in God. 
thy nature shall be the engine of his works then we are prepared to become the engine of his works and engage in the world transformation how can we instruments of this change this is the path to become the instruments of this change thy voice shall house the mightiness of his word how we can house that great tremendous voice when mouth speech thought everything becomes clean just upturn toward the eternal right now we use the mouth and thoughts and voice to project so many things but when the mind is hushed and quiet when we are no more entangled in the flow of the senses it doesn't mean we'll shut our eyes now onwards and sit in a cave no it's like that king janak's example to narada narada this is a aphorism of shirobindo he sees janak and he is having a doubt my guru has sent me to him to understand uh, yoga this fellow he is listening to nice music there are dance going on somebody is applying sandal paste on his legs how can this man teach me yoga janak no janak says narad i think you are too much overwhelmed today you take rest tomorrow we will meet tomorrow he comes and says narad narad says teach me something about you know i have been sent to learn yoga from you are leave yoga you already know yoga but why don't you go and see the city really narad is now excited because he has actually never seen a city of this kind so he says okay i'll go he says but one condition i'll put a pot of oil on your head fill to the brim one drop falls and my people will be there and they will <laughs> your head is gone this is the condition he says why is you are a yogi you should be able to do it after he comes back he says so narad how was the city he says who saw the city i was focused so much on the pot of oil but a time comes when we can be on with the pot of oil and be with everything shri ramakrishna gives this example and there is a thing about shirobindo also here he gives the example of indian women he says how we should be concentrated on the lord he said look at indian women they are carrying pots over their head filled with water baby in their arms chatting on the way but nothing will fall down shirobindo has another side to it when someone asked shirobindo mother said shirobindo's mother remarked to shirobindo indian women are so pretty so shirobindo says yes years of training of fetching pot from the well has trained them you see this is original ramp walk without realizing it you walk with such she said walk they walk so graceful she said yes indian women walk very gracefully because they are trained by carrying the pot from the well to the house they have learned to walk gracefully just imagine the lord knows the graceful walk so don't we should not think he is such a bholenath he doesn't know what's happening in the world and the divine mother has a comment that yes the walk is so graceful so even in walking gracefully we are worshiping the divine
then shall thou harbor my foes and conquer death then savitri by her doomed husband sat still rigid in her golden motionless pose a statue of the fire of the inner sun in the black night the wrath of storms swept by the thunder crashed above her the rain hissed it is describing the state let there be thunderstorm rain hissing the world's destruction like a transient storm passing by but she is sitting by the side of her husband its million footsteps pattered on the roof impassive mid the movement and the cry witness of the thoughts of mind the moods of life she looked into herself and sought for her soul i think this is the first fundamental step world transformation begins by going within not rushing outward going within in search of the soul finding the soul by quietening the mind life heart senses body quietening them by the growing divine presence within us and the more we do it then the rest becomes natural spontaneous easy felicitous beautiful divine okay thank you